For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. How loud is the Superdome? Um, you know what? It's it could be noisy. Not as loud as Seattle, but it's loud. Which is interesting because Seattle is outdoors. Uh, but they pump in all the Oh, noise. they pump in the noise. I'll, I'll explain it to you in a little oh, bit. Oh, this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. And what you're saying is they're pumping in noise. Oh, I was well, thinking about this the other day, and it was some. I was on Instagram. I was just flipping through, and it was someone I used to work with, and they were at a Seattle Sounders game. Uh-huh. They, they played an MLS Cup. And they ended up winning it, and that place is so loud. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yada, 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 right? You know, just as loud as a Seahawks game, whatever. Um, they pump in a little noise. Well, I remember old Arthur Blank got a little bit of trouble for pumping in noise. Well, let me say this. This is this – is, so let me add some clarity to that. It's not that they're pumping in artificial noise. That's what Atlanta got in trouble for. What happens in Seattle is that they have mics on the crowd. So, as so so you know how like you know like sound teams on on television they don't have mics on the crowd so that you can hear the crowd. Well, they have mics on the crowd as well. So all of those mics are hooked up onto the crowd. So as the crowd makes noise, that noise is is then repurposed back through the speakers. So it's not artificial noise; it's the actual noise that the crowd is making. But let's just say you got a packed house and you got seventy thousand in there. That just turned into one hundred and forty thousand. That's, you see what I'm that, saying? That sounds artificial hey, no, to me. No, no, it's 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 real noise. It's real. There's there's no, no rules that you can't so do who, that. So who are there? Other teams in the league doing? I don't this? know. Probably. I would imagine. I don't think they're the only ones. That seems so a even, little disingenuous, so that, if see, you ask me. But even without that, I've been there. It, it's dude. It's loud. It's one of the loudest places on planet Earth. But I think I do believe that that helps somewhat. I, I think that helps somewhat. Now I don't know if they're still doing that every week or not but i know that was something that was happening there but uh it's and and a lot of it just the acoustics of the way it's built and everything it adds to it but new orleans you get eighty five thousand in there yeah you know eighty five thousand people can be noisy it's hard to put the baby to sleep in that yeah uh give him some headphones i tried that it works (laughs) <laughs> the the uh, <laughs> no, let that baby hear the noise. Let her, let, let. Headphones. No, I no. saw Drew Brees do it. With, oh, you mean at the game? Oh, yeah, at the game. game. Yes. Yeah. Okay, at the game. At the okay. game. You know, we're out somewhere loud. No, no, at the no, game. No baby needs to hear all that noise. Yeah, yeah, right. no, no. At the game, at church, you know, anywhere there's a yeah. lot of loud, a lot of loud. Yeah, music. the first time I went to a game, because I had never gone to a pro game until I played in one, and then I didn't really go to one. It was years after I stopped playing. Uh, before I went to one, and I was like, "Yeah, it's, it actually is really loud in the stands." Because playing, I didn't really hear it. It was just weird. Uh, but uh, you're locked you, in. Yes, yes. So you don't really hear it on the field. You feel it, 
You you really do. You can you can feel the energy, but you don't. It's not as loud on the field as people would think it would be, because uh, you're just locked in and focused on other things. That's that's true. But yeah, it is kind of loud. I I didn't mind if I had had. It would have been nice to have some headphones and not have to listen to everybody's screen. So here is another team that is very well at not turn, very good at not turning the ball over in the New yep. Orleans Saints. They take care of the ball extremely well. Um, and they play against the run extremely well. Mm-hmm. Also, top three team against the rush in the league. Yeah. So, these are a couple of challenges. Obviously, on on the defensive end, you want to force some turnovers. On the offensive end, so much of what they do is predicated upon the run game, as we saw with Radio Raheem uh, last week in his career uh, week. This is a huge game, and it's weird because prior, you you asked me a question in the last episode about why I was so bothered about by this. Yes. By the Baltimore loss. And um, honestly, for me, I think what it boiled down to was the fact that we talked about this three-game stretch, right? You got the Packers, Ravens, and Saints. Yeah. And, um, and so that was, that was somewhat a gauntlet. Then we changed that to the Niners being the gauntlet, right? They still are. Niners still the gauntlet, right? Um, but the Packers game was a concern. The Saints game was a concern mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that they're in the same conference, right? Uh-huh. I wasn't too concerned about the Ravens game yeah. too much um, just because the AFC team, and like you said, we may or may not see them again. But I figured when it comes yeah. to home field advantage and things of that nature, these games against the Packers and the Saints specifically are mm-hmm. huge. Now, that could be all wrong, and I, I could fall flat on my face considering the fact that the Niners ended up losing the Ravens game and the Seahawks won on Monday night, and now they're they're fifth, uh, yeah. so they're on the road. Um, still think this is a huge game, though. But I think oh, I kinda, it, it is. I kind of overlooked the Ravens yeah. in a sense, if that makes any yeah. sense. Well, and I didn't. I, I was complete opposite when everyone was like they're going to go zero and three, and I was like, no. At, I, I thought at the worst they'd go two, um, they'd go two and three. I mean, they'd two go and two one. and one. They'd go two and one. They went two out of three. That's how okay. I felt about it, and that's. I'm just, Sticking to it. Okay. Well, here we are. Yeah. How do they do that? Uh, well, this is – I'm not concerned about any team. Same with Green Bay. You have a scrambling quarterback that's capable of extending plays and making tremendous plays with his arm. But he can't run. And if your quarterback can't run, the Niners' defense is too fast. And they're going to make life uncomfortable. And they're going to create turnovers. Whether you turn over the ball or not, Regularly, when you play the Niners, that fast defense creates turnovers. It happened on the first play against the uh, first drive against the uh, the Packers. It's going to happen. So if you so a team that doesn't have uh, you know uh, an extremely mobile quarterback will have difficulty playing against the 49ers. Your front, your your offensive line is not going to hold up against them all day long. Your quarterback has to extend plays. He's going to have to be able to run away from guys, and that's Drew Brees is not fast enough to do that. So that takes away a major portion of your offense because, you know, Drew, we all know what Drew is going to do. He's done it his entire career. He's going to drop back 9, 10 yards deep, and he's going to launch the ball down the field. They don't move the pocket a lot. He doesn't roll out a lot. It's going to be straight drop back, play action. He's going to, like I said, he's going to, he's going to, from the snap of that ball, you aim for a spot about 10 yards deep, and you normally find Drew Brees. These guys are fast enough to get there. Part of that is that he gets so deep, it gives them extra time to get those guys all the way down the field. 
that's been a part of Sean Payton's offense for so long. Drew being a shorter quarterback, it gives him more clearance to see and throw. These guys are fast enough to get there. So that's so that's why the two games I was looking at, I was like, it's Green Bay, yeah, they're good. Quarterback's good, but they're going to have a hard time with this defense. This is the same thing I'm looking at right now. They're going to have a hard time with this defense. So you say that, and I think about this New Orleans team, and the first thing that comes to my mind is Michael Thomas. And I feel like, well, oh, well after yeah, after yeah. Breeze, after Breeze, and it, I feel like we talked about this earlier in the season. Um, for my money, he's the best wide receiver in the league. And I, I got some flack for this. I was talking to some folks. And it's, and this was prior to the start of, of this 2019 season. Um, I, I made this declaration. And, it, well, no, you're kidding. You're crazy. DeAndre Hopkins. Blah, blah, blah. And, and they started and Hop's, Hop's very good. And, you know, they started rallying off some names. But really it was Hopkins mm-hmm. who, who, mm-hmm. who they kind of went to bat for. For me, it's Michael Thomas. And it and it just and I think what's happened this year just further solidifies that point for me because it doesn't matter who's back there. It doesn't matter if it's Drew. Doesn't matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater. Like people thought, maybe yeah, his numbers hop, though, his numbers would take a <laughs> a step back because Breeze wasn't in there anymore, and he just continued to produce. Um, and it's not like he's got another guy next to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's doing this, and everybody in the world knows the ball's going to him. I, I agree. I agree. That's that's one of these guys are superstars. That's why Hop is Hop. That's why Michael Thomas, who he's who he is, who he is. That's the same with Julio. Um, this is what I told someone. I think it was yesterday. I was asked about this, and I said, "This is the thing about Michael Thomas. I don't know. Have, have you ever like been on the field and watched him work and, and just go through his craft? Have you ever had? No. Yeah. See, I've I've literally been at the practices and and watched him go through his routine and how he performs thing and and what he does. I've also had the the experience of working with some other pretty high end wide receivers." And this is a thing that I told guys, like Jerry Rice, when you think about Jerry Rice and the way he played the game at the wide receiver position, it was, it was if you were buying a ticket, it was like buying a ticket to watch a ballet performance. Um, everything was precise. Every movement was detailed. Every, every, every transition was perfectly choreographed, and you would see something beautiful. Michael Thomas is like going to watch uh, hip-hop dancers. Just as entertaining, just as beautiful, um, just as intensive when it comes to preparation, but it just happens with a whole lot more swag still worth the price of admission and you leave entertained that's michael thomas when you watch him it's attitude it's 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 a mindset it's he's mean mugging guys out there that's the that's the mindset that he plays with he knows he's great he expects to be great he works to be great uh he's special (laughs) he just he really is so i'm with you on that it's hard to say who is the best wide receiver a lot of that to me is based on how you're utilized um and best at what because because that's the thing it's rare to find a receiver who's the best at everything 
Jerry, Jerry Rice, I mean, universally, I mean, he's the best wide receiver, but Jerry didn't have the best hands. I don't think Jerry was the best at running. Um, I don't think Jerry was the best at getting off the jam at the line of scrimmage. Um, so, you know, I, I, so I, I think he was, you know, you know, he's 1A, 1B. You know, you know what I'm saying? So when everything averages out, that's it. So you look at all the guys. I mean, Randy Moss was the absolute best in the world at running a deep route. Yeah. Great hands. Uh, but, but he wasn't the best route runner. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the thing. It's hard to say this guy is the absolute best. It's rare that you're going to see a quarterback and you say he's the best at everything. You're not going to say that about Tom Brady. You're not going to say that about Peyton Manning. You're not going to say that about um, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say a guy's the best at everything. Um, I, I agree with you that – look at Eric Davis waxing poetic in here, talking about ballets and hip-hop dancing. This is what you get here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Yeah, just, try, that, just try to give the analogy hey, of but just that, the players. That was, that was impressive. Yeah. I mean, you, you do a lot of impressive things. But that you, was, that you was are pretty, also easy. That was you, pretty impressive. You are easily impressed, though. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning that about you. Yeah, you've I, been sheltered. Yeah. I don't. Yes, you've been sheltered. Uh, yeah, you live the sheltered life. There's probably some truth yes, to that. Yes, there's probably some truth to that. Yes, easily yes. impressed uh, at times. Depends on what it is. Depends on what it is. Okay. I, I can be. I can be tough at times. I can be a tough critic sometimes. I've never seen it. Ah, uh, yeah. Never seen it. Well, you know, stick with me a while. You, you may, you, you I, I may, don't plan on going anywhere you, yet. You, you, you may see it sooner or later. Yeah. Um, Breeze is going to have to get rid of the ball. I, I think this uh-huh. defensive line is, is going to be able to get after him. Um, like 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 we mentioned, uh, I think this is a this Saints team is one that is interesting to me because and, and we talked about this earlier in the year and, and we kind of disagreed on this. Um, I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater guy, right? As am but I. Even being a big Teddy Bridgewater guy, I had no idea he'd have the success that he had when Breeze was hurt. Like it was almost like Breeze was like, "All right, I got to hurry up and get well." Because I'm on the record. I, 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 may I got not, the tape. I called it. I was like, you guys are fine. Yeah, I, 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 I literally called it. I, I like, didn't think like, Don't so. worry. They're great. I didn't think so at all. Like, I, I thought they would take a, yeah. a significant dip. Teddy's good. Breeze would have to come back and try to salvage the season for them to be able to make it into the playoffs. That's what I originally thought. But it ended up being the other way mm-hmm. around. Teddy kept the ship afloat. Yeah. And Breeze literally. He's a starter. That's the that's what they have yeah. right there. They have two starters. He, he's not a backup. He doesn't have a backup mentality, which is what I knew was going to pull him through. And, and it seems like Breeze was like, oh, I, this, whether this thing, whether this thumb is healed or not, I got to get back in this lineup. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I may not have a job. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. He's so not th- stupid. Yeah. So. so and that, that was real. And I, yeah. it, it seemed very real. Mm-hmm. Very real to me. So. So I look at that spot. I look at the adversity they were able to handle at the beginning of the year. I look how that thing has continued to remain consistent. And also I think back to last year where they feel like they were robbed. They feel like they should have been in the Super Bowl. Um, they so, were robbed. So, so there's there's a lot there that this team continues they to hold on James. to and continues to, to, to play with. Um, and so I, I think for, for, for those reasons alone, I think that makes this team – it kind of because this is a team on a mission, right? This is unlike the Niners; they've been there, they smelt it, mm-hmm. they know what it's like to lose it, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of continued on that trek. Um, and so that's why I think this team is super dangerous not just not just this Sunday, oh, but well, but I think in in January as well. Well, can I take this? The thing that you have to realize about the Saints, and I don't—you're right. A lot of people don't don't look at everything with the Saints. You just think about Drew Brees, but. Um, 
the New Orleans Saints have been perennial contenders in the NFC for what the last four or five and, years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. I mean, no, but seriously, think about yeah. it. They have been. They have been. They're in the playoffs. They are deep in the playoffs. Um, you know, playing. I mean, that's the mindset. So, I mean, you, you can you can you can go all the way back to really the whole this whole Sean Payton. Yes, yes. This whole Sean Payton regime. They, they have so 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 they are a legitimate contender each and every year. Absolutely. So the question is what what you can put around Drew Brees because Drew screwed it up the first time because he held the team hostage when he wanted all his money and no one ever really wants to talk about that where they were talking about Drew did everything and he's always been about that. Like Drew basically held the team hostage. Pay me my money or else. And well, when, when, is, when is this that you speak of, when, Mr. Davis? When Drew got his first contract. When he got Do I, tell when, here. when Drew got that big contract that put him at the top of the league. He did that. This wasn't a team-friendly contract. That's why right after the Super Bowl, Goodwin, all those guys, he had on the, they had to get rid of the offensive line. He had to get rid of receivers. They had to clear house. And those guys, some of those guys went to the Niners, who ended up beating them in the playoffs, you know, later. Because he got – Drew wanted his money. He got his money, but also they had to reload the rest of the team. He lost defenders. You think about guys on, on you know, Vilma and all those guys, they, that they, had, they had to let these guys go. They couldn't afford to pay everybody at that time because of the way he strapped the salary cap. They had to do something, and they had to get rid of veteran players because those were the money makers. So the money makers you got rid of, yes, you replaced them with solid guys, but you had to allow those guys to learn to play. So that affected them. You know, you know, early on. So now they've gotten that back. They've gotten the defense back to where it needs to be. They've gotten the offensive line back to where it needs to be. So here they go for another run. You still maintain the quarterback with the ability to score. You will still be in it. But yeah, that was never really discussed. But I, I that's what messed them up that first go round. Why they didn't have a chance to really contend after they won that first one. They had to let everybody go. It's because he did. He, he, you know, he was like, I want my money. And so they had to give him his money. He kind of owned New Orleans. He's, he, he is, you know, if he's not the president of New Orleans, he's, he's, he's the vice New president. Orleans. Yeah, Because Sean, dude, I, I've, I've gone, I've had dinner with Sean in New Orleans. Trust me, he, he doesn't pay for much either. <laughs> he, right. he is he is Mr. Bourbon Street. In, he in owns that the case, place. I like to go to dinner with Sean he, also. He, he owns the place. You know, he's, no, he's good people. Talk he's, about some good, so, eat, some good so, eats down there. So, um, but, but. That team is together. They are legitimate. You have to you have to know what you're dealing with defensively. A lot like the Niners, they're good at every level. Yeah. Because Cam Jordan is going to get to your quarterback. Yeah. And if you want to try and single him all game long, good, good luck, luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. That's not going to happen. And Marshawn Lattimore was a, an MVP candidate La- earlier. Lattimore in this is as good as they come at the corner position. He's as good as they come. Um, and then a guy who's very overlooked, Kiko Alonso, yeah. is a hard. Kiko Alonso is like Quan. Kiko Alonso makes plays like Fred Warner. He's having a really, really good year. He is a playmaker for them in the middle. That's what I'm saying. Every level of their defense, they have playmakers. So you can't just overlook this team. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying I I still go back to the matchups. And I have yet to see it, so it's hard for me to think that someone can do it until I see it. I haven't seen someone with a stationary quarterback really hold up 
the entire 60 minutes versus this 49ers defense. They're just too fast, and people don't believe it. And they laughed at me when I said that up in Baltimore last week. You guys were even looking at me crazy. When we were I doing would, the I was sure. You, you, you we had Amber on. You and Amber, when I was like, I don't see, they can't score that many points because this defense is just too fast. They're not going to allow those type points. And, and granted, we may have been prisoners of the moment because we had just saw the Ravens. Um, in person, and that debacle that they had put on the Rams, and it looked like they were playing 200 miles an hour. But I tell you, what did I say? That's not the Niners' defense. And, and also, haven't I told you this? Good or bad, you scout with your head, not your heart. You scout with your head, and that's what you're right. You see well, Lamar my heart Jackson. Has big eyes. You see Lamar, and he's doing all these things, and then you you go through it, and you look at it like, wow, that's incredible. That's not who he's playing against. That was that was an incredible performance. Now, how does that relate to the next squad? And this squad, and I keep telling everyone, I, I got to go on New Orleans radio today, and I'm going to let them know. I'm telling you guys, this defense is faster than anyone you've seen. You have not seen a defense this fast. Okay, the Patriots have a faster defense and all this stuff. They have the best defense in the league statistically. That has, I'm, that has nothing to do has nothing to do with right now. It's, it's a discussion I had with someone, you know, recently on Twitter. This guy was trying to tell me that uh, Kirk Cousins is the second best quarterback in the league because oh, his please. stats say so. And Stop. I was like, do you actually believe that? I was like, I'm saying he's an average to good quarterback, but do you think Kirk Cousins is the second best? Then he went top five. Well, he's a top five quarterback. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not. I can I can name you six, seven guys better than Kirk Cousins. So that's why numbers lie. So – the eye test sometimes when you see a team go against another one. That's what I'm saying. Don't get, don't get your heart all in. You know, don't get your feels up. You get your feels up. I too get much. in my feels, you man. You can't get in your feels. I do. I you get can't in get my in your feels, feels. man. You, got, you have to scout it based on this team and how this team plays, and the way they play against stationary quarterbacks makes it difficult for an offense to do everything they want to do. You all that down the field stuff, long play action plays. That's not you got to take some of that out of your playbook because they get to your quarterback too fast. So we've seen Jimmy G go up against elite quarterbacks before mm-hmm. this season, right? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, eh? Yep. Not so great. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, pretty good. Yep. How is he going to react here? Because remember, those first two were at home. This is the first time he's going to have to go up against an elite uh-huh. quarterback uh-huh. on the road uh-huh. this season. And he looks across that sideline, and he knows what Breeze can do in his pedigree, and he's got mm-hmm. a Super Bowl ring and all that stuff. How, how does Jimmy G – how is he going to react going up against Drew Breeze? Um, Jimmy's going to do what he's done. I think I've, I've seen enough of Jimmy to where I expect him to just go through the same routine and perform. I don't think he's going to get high or low based on who he's playing. I've seen that now. What he, he needs to do is have a clean day. He needs to have a yes, clean day. This please, is, this, yes. I don't need a I don't need a four hundred yard day from Jimmy. I don't. Have, it doesn't have to be one of those things where you you know what? Because number one, I don't see Drew Brees throwing for four hundred either. I don't think you're going to have to get into a shootout. Yeah. I don't. This team this team is not going to get into a shootout. Not a high scoring shootout. I, I just I don't see I don't see you know this team giving up fifty points to someone to where you have to score those tight points. This defense is just not going to do this. I think they would attack one another on the sideline first. I, I really do believe this is a group of guys that would be fighting one another before they allow that to happen. I've, I've been on teams like that where, where, like, you start looking at someone like, no, it's somebody's fault. None of this, like, we lose as a team. And I'm like, no, it's your fault, and you better fix it. 
I believe that this is that type squad because the expectations um, is so high among the, that huddle. So I, I, I don't see that happening. Um, so Jimmy, just needs, he, he just needs to have a clean day. Hold on to the ball. You're going to get hit. Don't give it up. Don't give up the little brown baby when I'm you get hit. He holds on to it too hold long on. sometimes, what? man. Uh, what, I, I, yeah. See, I'll say again. He's, I he's said not, it the last. I said it at last pod, man. But I said it at last pod. You you can't you can't run some of those deeper developing, longer developing routes if you have a quarterback that's skittish about holding on to the ball. Part, but once you develop that understanding and that ability to hold on to the ball, you may tend to hold on to it a little longer at other times, thinking that you can make a play. It's the Big Ben syndrome. Ben makes a lot of plays. Because he holds on to the ball and, the and ball sheds forever. people. Yeah. But Ben's also takes but, a lot of hits. Yeah, but Ben's also 265. Okay, no, I get it. That's you why know? that's why he that's, that's why he, it works for him. That's why he can shed a lot of guys. But also a lot of those plays and a lot of the routes that they would have in is because they know he'll hold the ball longer and take that hit. Jimmy's not as big, but a lot of the things that they do, those deeper crossing routes and all those things, it's based on the fact that you have to have more time. Now what Kyle does do is that he moves the offense a lot? He moves the launch for the launch point. He will he will have different disguising that will create more time and space for Jimmy. But still, think about Jimmy. He's still that clock is still running in his head that he has a certain amount of time. So that's a part of it, and that's something as he plays longer, more. Remember, the dude doesn't have a few games under his belt. I think that clock will speed up, and he will understand how to do that. But I'm—I would prefer he feel comfortable standing in there with the ball, because the times he's standing with—it's not—it's not like this young quarterback that just doesn't have a feel in the pocket. I think Jimmy has a pretty good feel in the pocket. I just think he—he he waits to the very last moment for something to come open because he believes he can get get it there because he does have a very quick release. You got to agree with that. Yeah, he, he does have a quick release, and as far as his fill in the pocket, I'll, I mean, I think he does, but I obviously you can speak to that better than I can. I, I just think that he's he's just got to be more aware, man. Like I, I feel like there's times where he just holds on to it too much, and I think it really cost him um, on Sunday. Uh, well, it, you, this is something I want you to think about, and as you move forward. Especially deep in your own well, well, zone, well, man. But, but hold on. To, but listen to this and hold on to this. This is something I want you to think about and remember this because this is something that uh, fans don't pay attention to a lot. Um, and announcers, when they're t- when they're talking to fans in a the game, they don't point it out a lot uh, because you know it's it's something that's missed. But a sack sometimes is a very very good play. Sometimes it's okay to take a sack. It's, it's, no, sometimes it's, sometimes it's the best play you could have yeah. made on that snap. Because you can you can sit there and say, well, Jimmy's holding on to the ball. Well, if no one's open and he just throws the ball, could easily be an interception yeah. based on what he's seeing. The other aspect of it is if he's in the pocket and he just throws it, it's grounding. That's grounding. You take the sack and the loss of down. Yeah. So so that's what I'm saying. So it, it's it's you have to you have to take all of that into account when you see a sack. Like why. The obvious that everyone sees, the low-hanging fruit, is he just got sacked. There's a why. It's just like when a guy gives up a touchdown 
and everyone's like, oh, he's horrible, and that corner just got beat. Well, you have to look at the whole picture and why. What was going on? What was the communication? And we what don't have thinking? that privilege watching on TV, right? Yes. Because we yes. don't see what's going on downfield. You don't see what you, until they allow us to. The camera is on the ball. It's always on the ball, so you don't see all the other things, all the peripheral things that cause a play to happen. And that that's why there's a lot of bad announcers, because that's, that's part of the job. You're supposed to explain what's happening and teach people as to how, you know, that play just happened. You know, that's what I think a lot of them miss, because they're too busy trying to talk and, and say something cute and smart, as opposed to explaining the game. Just my opinion. Some cute and smart. Yes, yes. They got to spend more time. They spend more time trying to say something cute that's going to go viral, as opposed to just actually explaining the game. What's happening? Because because it's a very interesting game if you look at what's happening, and, and you know, and if, if you sit there and like you're saying, you're going crazy because this guy just took this sack. Well, get, sometimes that sack is all he could do because the defense did a great job. People forget that the other guy gets paid too. You're rooting for your colors. But the other guys on salary. Yeah, they get paid too. <laughs> hey, you, they make plays. They they they're getting paid to make plays. You mentioned Jimmy may not have to throw for four hundred yards, but could this be a Jimmy game though? It could considering be. this Saints defense and, and how they are against the run, and, and of course the offensive line issues that the, the Niners have had from an injury standpoint, um, which didn't hurt them at all in Baltimore, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, uh, um, this previous Sunday, but could this be could this be another Jimmy game? Uh, this easily could be. We'll see how it plays out. We know Kyle is going to try to run the ball. I expect him to do. That's just a major part of his offense. We don't have to discuss that and go into detail on that. He's going to try to pick pick up everything off the run, and he's going to stick to it. Um, Sean Payton is also going to run the ball. Both of these coaches have that mindset. They want to play physical ball. They want to establish how tough they are. That's the way you establish your toughness on offense. Is about is with running the ball you want to show that you are a bruiser that's Sean's whole thing Sean's just a tough guy he wants his team to be tough he he doesn't like guys who are soft he doesn't want anybody around him anybody on his team that he doesn't believe is tough that's just his mindset he's a parcels guy and that's just how he's built that's how he's wired um so his defense it's it's going to be about proving that's part of the reason they're, they run defenses that way D.A. is that way. You know, he gets that, that Sean as well. That uh, Dennis Allen, the coordinator, he – I mean, D.A. is another one of those guys. That's it. We're like, we're going to show – we're going to show them that we're tougher. That's that's the first thing that we're going to do. It's, it's that runny lot theory where I'm going to try and take your heart. It's like, like this bottom line. I'm going to try to take your heart. I, I told somebody that the other day they were talking about the respect that the Niners have to earn people respect, and I, and I tweeted this guy back, and I said, guy, you don't – like, this is – that's a fallacy. You don't earn respect. You can't earn someone respect. Respect is freely given or it's taken. Because I can't earn your respect. At some point, you have to give it to me. (laughs) So it's either freely given or I'm going to take it to where you say here. I have no choice. That's that's so if you if so, if you view that as earning it, then that's that that's it. So that's why I say they're going to have to come in, run the ball Show them that you can run the ball. Show them that we're going to take this to you. Show them that this is a part of it. If you have to adjust, we all know that Sean, I mean, Kyle has shown that he will adjust and throw the ball like that. I don't know if I would necessarily – actually, I'll just say this. I'll just put it on it. I wouldn't necessarily want to see this become a drop-back game in the Dome, knowing the noise situation – 
knowing um, that you have Cam coming off that edge, making plays, getting there the way they're going to start trying to blitz and, and get to Jimmy. That, that's a lot to put on the offensive line if this turns into you know, a, a straight throwing game. So it's going to be important to be able to be committed. You, you know my, my thoughts on that. You don't have to – you don't have to pound the team for 200 yards, but you have to be committed to the run enough to where they truly know they have to play it. Make them tackle. As the the time of this recording, not sure what Matt Breida's status is. Of course, he missed the game last week against the Ravens. Uh, Tevin Coleman uh, did play last week mm-hmm. against the Ravens, but um, as you mentioned, uh, Kyle went with a hot hand in, in Radio Raheem, yes. and so uh, and it benefited too. He played a, he played a great game. Um, so we'll see. Will it be a Jimmy game? Will it won't? Uh, how how much pressure? How much havoc will this 49ers defense be able to create for Drew Brees and company? I think I think those are all things to to sort of look out for. And and, and the Niners handling. Um, I think this will probably be their toughest road atmosphere of the season. I, I mean, oh, you, oh, you like, like Baltimore a lot. Oh, I like. Um, well, you know what? This is the thing. Every week, it's the the road atmosphere is going to get tougher. Because every week is the, the, the stakes game, are higher. Yes, the game has more relevance, and that's where we are right now. This game right here is for home field advantage. It's huge. This is this is a home field advantage game it, it right is. now. Yeah. This is this is the Saints are already they are they are already in the playoffs, right? So now, like I said, it's like what what seat am I going to have at the party? That's what they're fighting for right now. This this matters to the Saints. This matters to the night. This is a playoff game right now. This is that type atmosphere. This is that type feel. I, I won't. I, well, you know, let me say that this has. This is a playoff atmosphere. It's not a playoff game because the playoff game, what happens to guys and you have certain people that can't handle the pressure of understanding that it's do or die. That's what's so great about the NFL. Is you know you don't have that seven game series. It's like you got one day. <laughs> you got one damn day, and you better show up or you're going home. But this is going to be that type atmosphere, and the nine, this Niners club needs to play in those. It's good for them. And a win like this, a win in this atmosphere, and a game that you have to have is what this club needs to just continue to lift itself and, have, and continue to lift its belief in, in knowing what they can do and what they need to work on. So we shall see Niners back in that 10 a.m. window once again, as they were last week. Uh, it'll be one Eastern uh, kickoff. That'll be noon Central, where where the game will be played out in New Orleans. Um, so it should be a good one. It's, it's, it's a very huge test, a very huge game. This is game three of that three-game stretch that we talked about um, that we identified a little bit over a month ago. So far, Niners one and one during that stretch. But as ED has told you, over the course of the last three weeks or so, Niners are the gauntlet. So this gauntlet will make its way into the Crescent City, into the 504, and into the Superdome, and try to make sure that they don't play that Yin Yang twin song all day and all night out there in the Super. In well, they're the gonna play it. Don't, they don't play it regardless. They're gonna play it regardless. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe not too much. Maybe, maybe instead of 12 spins, maybe just you know five or six spins. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. But uh, Niners looking to get after it, and of course. They're in fifth now, but you know, still control their own don't destiny worry. for the yeah, most part. There it is. You don't still got to play the. You still got to play the Seahawks one that. more time. Yes. Right? Seahawks only have that. They have the tiebreaker right now, but that doesn't mean that's how it's going to be. Uh, you know, as we get later on in the season. Well, should be another good one, Ed. 
Should be another good one. Absolutely. We, we are wait. excited about it. So Football's getting fun now. It, this it, is, this it, is this the is best fun. time, These are big man. games. Things, things are getting down to the nitty-gritty here. So that does it for another edition of the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Enjoy your football Sunday. Enjoy the Niners in New Orleans. Hopefully... It'll be pina colada time. Oh, my One goodness. more time. You and that glass of milk. Yeah, buddy. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.